Hey, this is Paul Doherty, and you're listening to the Learning to Lead podcast. And today I am joined with my best friends and great leaders in the ministry, Pastor AJ Johnson and Daniel Henshaw. Uh, Pastor AJ helps oversee our Tulsa Dream Center here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Pastor AJ also has helped with administrative business. Uh, Daniel Henshaw, close friend of mine, uh, works on staff overseeing our business administration facilities involved in helping us raise funds for uh, the Tulsa Dream Center and things we're doing to help bless our community and missions initiatives. So today we're talking about leadership. We're talking about uh, the Tulsa Dream Center. We're talking about these guys, their stories, and, and how God has shaped their leadership journey. Um, and we're just going to hear a little bit about, you know, how God got them to where they are today and learning from that, working with uh, even friends uh, in the ministry. We're going to talk about that dynamic. So, AJ, share a little bit about your story, how you ended up here in Tulsa and in this role uh, serving in the church. Man, Pastor, I'm so grateful to be on this podcast with you. You know, grew up in a single-parent home and um, many times would come home and we'd have the red notices on our door, disconnect. I went to Victor Christian School. God had always provided many months uh, where we didn't know where the tuition was coming from. God had always provided. And so honored to graduate from Victor Christian School. Later went to University of Tulsa. Go Golden Hurricane! (laughs) And uh, played football there. And from there, man, I thought my track was going into the business world. I I had my Nikes on. I was running from God. I knew ministry was call a part of my life but just ran and uh, sure enough God got the last laugh and so today I'm doing business for ministry and I'm I'm honored to serve not only administrative pastor for victory but the executive director for the Tulsa Dream Center changing lives honored to do it it's an amazing story AJ just how God directed your your you and your mom and your sisters to Tulsa from Wisconsin and how he connected you to even my brother and I. And uh, you and I, we had a lawn mowing business as teenagers. Um, you, Daniel Henshaw, myself, we were all in school together. We were in classes together. And who would have thought that years later, uh, you know, here we are working in the church and building God's kingdom together. And uh, the thing I loved about you, both you guys is just how from a very young age, you knew you were a leader, but you also knew you had to find out what kind of leader you wanted to be. And you had to search for that. And you had to study leadership and you uh, learned the good, bad, and ugly lessons of leadership. Talk a little bit about that leadership journey, AJ, and then we'll hear from Daniel. You know, there's a quote, to handle yourself, lead with your head, to handle others, lead with your heart. And that's something that your father modeled, Pastor Billy Joe, and so many other leaders that I look up to, that we look up to, is that leadership is a matter of the heart. Leadership is not a title. It is not a position. But leadership is a matter of the heart. And so, man, we connect with people through our weaknesses. And that's Mm. something that being transparent as leaders is so important. And so, man, that's something that I... I try to model and live out every single day. And that's something that Jesus did. He modeled the lifestyle of leadership. And that's that's what I think is important, managing people, leading people with your heart versus that positional type of leadership. That's so good. Who would you say, AJ, have been your biggest 
leadership heroes um, on like in your lifetime, whether they're alive today or not? Man, of course, uh, leaders, leaders, John Maxwell, uh, reading, I've consumed so many of his great books. Mark Batterson, uh, I read Pastor Mark Batterson out of D.C., read his books. And also Bishop T.D. Jakes, his new book, Soar. Come Pastor on. Paul and I read that and had Bishop come and just learning from different types of leaders, uh, whether they're secular or Christian, there's always a lesson in everything that we can learn from. That's awesome. It's awesome. I want to hear a little bit from Daniel. Um, Daniel grew up on the missions field in Russia and uh, spent many years there with his family. And then from there, God brought their family back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been a leader ever since he was young. God's used him to lead in our in our school uh, and at the university and beyond. So, Daniel, tell him a little bit about your journey as a leader. Yeah, uh, like you said, grew up um, in and around Victory, and our family was on the mission field for a number of years. And, you know, I think early on, a lot like AJ said, you know, my kind of journey was, man, do I feel a call towards ministry? Do I feel a call towards business? And I remember reading this book called Kings and Priests, and just in that book, it was such a simple book, really easy read. I think it was just a couple chapters, but it really broke down this idea that, God can use the giftings and talents, and they don't have to be molded maybe in a way that I thought. Um, you know, I thought, okay, am I going to go to college and, or a seminary and study ministry? And anyway, I remember reading that book that a friend of mine, uh, a friend of all of ours, gave us, and uh, God really just cemented in my heart that He would use me in a different way. And uh, I ended up studying business at ORU, got my undergrad there, uh, God opened an incredible door to do my graduate schooling at Cambridge University out in England. And uh, still through that time, I remember just a pull towards wanting to use my giftings in a different way and not just uh, to make money, not just to see personal gain or personal success. And so all these years later, I watch how God used these different seasons to mold and shape who he was making me and still to this day, still molding and shaping me and who he wants me to become. But every season, I look back on it and I was like, God was leading and directing to where he has me now and working in ministry full time, using the giftings, using the business opportunities I learned um, from entrepreneurship to management to finance to so many different things. Uh, it's been an incredible journey of watching God do it. That's awesome. You know, the thing I love about both you guys is that you both are gifted in business and in ministry and you both had a hunger uh, to see God develop those skills inside you, not just to be, you know, a good person in ministry, but to be someone who understood finances, understood budgeting, accounting, uh, management, marketing, administrative work. And that's why you do a great job in the church at the Dream Center, because a lot of people don't realize this, that any ministry requires business mindsets. Uh, today, we've seen so many churches close their doors because they couldn't pay their bills. Uh, because, you know, ministries were being ran by people who had no business experience. Uh, my dad at a young age told me, Paul, you've got to learn business skills uh, for anything. 
whether you're a youth pastor, a kids pastor, you've got to learn business skills. You've got to understand accounting. You've got to understand uh, financial management personally and for an organization. People management. You've got to understand how to lead people. You guys do a great job at this. AJ, talk a little bit about your transition in the last year to overseeing the Tulsa Dream Center at a young age, taking over uh, this area in our ministry that's been around for about 17 years and uh, that transition, how it's been going, uh, leading the people out there. You know, it has been an amazing journey being a part of the Tulsa Dream Center, an inner city nonprofit. 20% of the population in that area are living at or below poverty. And one thing that going into a new situation, a new environment, is oftentimes people have set rules, you know, the rules of engagement and being mm. a, a new leader in, a, in an area where there's kind of been concrete, people have been set in their ways. It's important that you build that relationship. I think oftentimes leaders can make the mistake of this is my position. So you listen to what I say rather than being the bridge builder to work at building relationships. And I think that's important for leaders is Building relationships is intentional. It takes work. It takes not only listening, but also speaking. Um, you know, there, there's a saying that both silent and listen both have the same letters. Silent and listen. So that has been something that's really changed my life, that mm. it's important for leaders to oftentimes be silent and just listen. Not just be silent in the presence of God, but even in the presence of your employees, because and those that you work with, because oftentimes the answers might be on the inside of them. And so if you're not spending wow. time as a leader listening to them, you might miss it and go down a path that can cause a lot of chaos, turmoil, and really unnecessary pain, when really if you would have just listened, you might have discovered the solution. That's really good. So give us an example of one of those recent moments for you with your team, uh, with the people you're leading out there at the Tulsa Dream Center. I think a great example is that we had a program. We have five pillars that we focus on at the Tulsa Dream Center, medical, education, food, clothing, and sports and recreation. And so for us, clothing was open. The clothing room was open five days a week. Clothing is a big time need in, in the community of North Tulsa, but we were having some challenges because we weren't able to manage that department properly. And so we had to take a look at where is our greatest opportunity to streamline clothing? And so we went from a five-day to a three-day, and we're actually more effective. We're able to reach more people and get more people through the clothing room as well as through the Dream Center because we had to streamline. But it took me almost nine months before we can make that change, but I had to be a bridge builder. I had to put in the time of building the relationships. And now today, the team loves it, and we're all excited. That's awesome, man. I love that. You know, the thing I love, too, is that you allow other people to weigh in um, before you command them to buy in. And that's mm -hmm. something my wife and I have always talked about, you know, that we would always check ourselves in conversations about decisions for the ministry. That before we say, this is how it has to be. This is the Bible truth on our decisions and methods you know, we got to be married to the message of Jesus, but not to the methods of how we, you know, do church or ministry, because that's where that's where we want people to weigh in and give ideas and say, hey, maybe we should do connect groups on a Sunday night. Maybe we should 
only do the feeding program on this night. Um, Daniel, talk a little bit about on your end, some of the leadership journey you've had in this role. You, you know, you studied in Cambridge, lived in London for a year after graduating from ORU. You're a single guy and all the ladies out there. Make sure you go check out (laughs) Daniel's Instagram. We're trying to get him married in 2018. Uh, But Daniel, talk a little bit about your journey uh, as a leader coming on staff and growing in the roles you've been carrying. Uh, You've helped us raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for the Tulsa Dream Center uh, outside of our church, going to business people, going to people even outside of Tulsa and saying, hey, would you help support our ministry to our city and people don't a lot of people don't know what the dream center is so before you answer that question real quickly our tulsa dream center is basically a center for the community in north tulsa that is focused on helping bring food to those that are hungry education um, helping create a place where people can have uh, real relationships and find hope and so we have clothing we have after school care and it's free medical care, and so that's what AJ helps oversee. But Daniel has been on the side of helping raise funds for that, as well as a variety of other roles in the church. So Daniel, talk a little bit about what you've been learning as a leader. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's been an interesting journey. Um, even when I was uh, living overseas for a little bit, I worked with a, a large bank, a Fortune 500 company, and so spent a little bit of time in that environment of corporate America, and then uh, when I came back to the States here with some other friends from the church, started a company up. And so walking through the process of entrepreneurship and everything that I learned in that and through that, there were some some great things that uh, were key principles or key ideas that have really kind of guided systems and processes and things that both Pastor AJ and I and Pastor Paul, all of us work on here in the ministry. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things and even something lately I've been discovering is the process of originality and uh, Mm. really coming to a place where you don't get so set in something or copy other successful models that you forget about. We serve an original God, a creative God that comes up with new processes, that comes up with new ideas. And, um, you know, I heard a saying once that said, practice makes perfect. And we've heard that so many times with great athletes, with all different things. I know it's something we've heard in our life. But there was something interesting someone said, be careful though, the danger in that is that you don't practice it the same way for the rest of your life. And what they meant by that was always look at something occasionally, even if you have to zoom out, take a step back and go, are we still achieving the same results? Are we still getting the best thing done with the most efficiency, with the best uh, resources and stewardship of our finances? And so I think that's been part of this journey of coming into victory uh, kind of out of the corporate world is looking at even in ministry, how do we still accomplish what God's called us to do? But is there a new way? Is there a creative thought? Is there a new solution uh, for reaching people? Even in our stewardship and our finances, are we still spending in the best way to reach people in that way? And so there's a book I've been reading and Pastor Paul, I know you read it recently called Originals. And uh, that book's really been speaking a lot to me because it just talks about how much we serve a creative God and that God wants to download creativity to his people, creativity for new financial avenues, creativity for new businesses, doctors, lawyers, whatever field someone's in, God wants to download creative ideas and insights through his people and in ministry, how much more so to reach people in, in countries that we've never reached, to do things that maybe this ministry's never done. And so I think just it's that constant balance of bringing things from the corporate side of where I've worked before 
but then also opening my heart and my mind and going, God, I don't want to be so set in how other companies have built successful organizations. I want to know what your creativity is, what your originality is in this season and in my life. I love that. Yeah, and both you guys came from the corporate world. Uh, AJ, you worked for Aldi Mm -hmm. uh, for how many years? Uh, Almost two years before moving back to Tulsa. Yeah, two years, some here, some in Nebraska. Daniel, you owned a tax business. You also worked in a couple other different businesses uh, and worked even in some other ministry things with your family. But you guys bring that experience with you. Something that Bishop Jake said when he was here with us is that when we're, the season we're in right now, God wants us to use every single thing we've walked through. Um, even in ministry, God wants to use your business skills. He wants to use your social skills. He wants to use even some of the things that he's redeemed from your past, some of the stuff, mistakes you've made. And uh, both you guys are doing a great job with that. AJ, you've got a big event coming up this month. Uh, at the Dream Center does several events throughout the year to help raise funds to cover the education that we freely give to a lot of children, to cover the medical expenses that we freely give tons of medicine away. Um, talk about what goes into these events and what it takes for your team and for people out there that may be raising money for their nonprofit uh, and may be trying to get some inspiration, some ideas. Man, I first want to encourage you out there that you can make it. Stick with it. Uh, it does take hard work. I think sometimes as Christians or leaders, we sometimes have this misconception that we don't have to put in the work. And I've created a formula that I believe is that discipline plus consistency equals breakthrough. Discipline. What is my daily routine? You know, coaches, Nick Saban says, you know, the success can often be found in my daily routine. You know, a successful coach or successful business person, a successful pastor can go into any organization. And if they have a system, a discipline, a routine that they stick with, They can take a losing organization, a failing church, uh, a failing team, and turn it around by using a winning formula of discipline. And so oftentimes as leaders, we overlook the importance of being disciplined. And so, yeah, like, like you said, Pastor, we have our first Night of Dreams gala coming up at the Oaks Country Club in Tulsa on February 22nd. Our goal is $100,000 to support our education, which is called our LIFE program. LIFE means literacy is for everyone. We solely believe, man, that the only way to break generational poverty is through education. And if someone can't read, how can they read the Word? And the Word Mm -hmm. is the blueprint for life. Word is where we find out who we're called to be. And so that's why we focus on education. And, And a testimony, last Wednesday... Uh, we had $7,500, and our goal was $100,000, and we have been having weekly meetings on it, and honestly, I wanted to crawl under the table and, and cry because I was like, I'm a failure. We're not going to make it. But I was reminded of the story of the lepers outside of the city, and the word was this time tomorrow, and how the lepers who were already outcast how they went to this city, and the city was abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so they had all of these spoils that was just for them. And so they ran and told the other, the the city that they were from, that, hey, this is for us. And so they changed a city, but their belief was, hey, we're going to hold on to that word that this time tomorrow. And I held on to that word. And five days later, 
we got uh, a little over $35,000. So we're wow. almost at $50,000 in a matter of five days. Come on. And that's nothing but the grace of God, but also hard work. Yeah. Uh, I had many sleepless nights over these last five days. But I just want to encourage all of the leaders out there, commit all in to the dream that God has put in your heart. Yeah. Because other people are connected to your obedience to surrender to God. That's so good. I want to have both you guys back to do, you know, a couple more episodes because there's so much we could talk about in the roles that you carry in the ministry and business and people that are listening right now. You have a variety of things that you do. Maybe you lead a team. Maybe you're a pastor. Maybe you're a business guy. But it requires both. You need to have a relationship with God. Even as a businessman, you need to understand the ministry skills to love on the people that you're leading. And, um, Daniel, I want you to talk just a little bit about walking that fine line of making business decisions, but also having that pastoral heart. Yeah, you know, I I think that is uh, so important. And, you know, that's honestly why I love even the seasons God's brought me through of being involved in ministry, growing up on the mission field, being involved in this church my whole life here at Victory with my family. And uh, just seeing it firsthand from uh, our pastors, seeing it firsthand from my parents, uh, those that have really influenced me. But I, I think it just comes down to that, that heart of humility towards God and really starting out you know, each day on your knees in that posture of humility is one of the best places we can start our day and just saying, God, I know that everything I am and everything that I do is because you've graciously given this opportunity to me. And so, you know, I think in just loving people, it's difficult sometimes to separate getting a task done versus pausing and stopping and having a relational conversation with someone. And uh, it's something I'm trying to grow in more because uh, I can lean more towards that other side of it of, hey, what are our tasks to get done? What do we need to accomplish today? But I think the great opportunity that we have is that God's called us to do ministry alongside other people and even alongside both of you guys. You know, some of my greatest encouragement sometimes is, uh, just when you know I get a, a text or a call from you, and it's it's encouraging, and it reminds me to do that for someone else as well. And you know we have that opportunity at our weekly services. We have those touch points when we're able to get out on missions trip and and really kind of get a fresh perspective that life is so much more than achieving tasks. Life is so much more than success. Life is about people, and if that's our measurement, how have we affected people for the kingdom of God? then I think that's what keeps us focused and healthy and in, in, in the right direction of people first, then everything else God's called us to achieve and succeed beyond that. I think that's really good. And, you know, one last thing I want to touch on before we finish today, and that is working with friends. Uh, this is not an easy thing. When you work, whether it's for a company or a church or a ministry, and, and you're working with friends that you guys were friends before you were employees on the same organization, uh, or maybe you became close friends after you were hired on at that company. There's that fine line of, you know, saying, hey, buddy, hey, pal. Um, and then also saying, hey, hey, boss, hey, you know, we got to talk about something that's work related. And we got to take the friend hat off for a second and just talk, you know, business. Um, AJ, talk a little bit about, you know, your journey on that with me. Uh, we grew up, you, me and Daniel all grew up together. But things changed as coming on staff, having to like, still keep that friendship, but also talk about that working relationship. You know, and I think for us, one thing that we learned probably a year, year and a half into me coming on staff, that a phrase that worked for us is when we needed to talk, 
hey, I'm coming to you as my pastor. We would start the sentence off, I'm coming to you as my pastor. I'm coming to you as a peer. I'm coming to you as a friend. Because there was, this is a big ship. Victory is a big ship. And so it was important for us. And don't get me wrong, there were times where, sure, we had our differences and we had our close the door. (laughs) But I think it comes down to a matter of the heart. And at the end of the day, whether we needed to have a cool off moment or say, um, Pastor, I submit to what you're saying, that it was a matter of the heart. And many times leaders can miss it because of ego or arrogance or it's my way or the highway. But I think it's important that, man, and we've learned to communicate. That's huge. Communication is where it's at. Frustration. Your dad says it. Frustration ends where communication begins. Yeah. oftentimes putting myself in the other person's shoes to understand their perception is 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 something that has to happen and so i think for us oftentimes not just communicating but that connection being intentional about spending time together with our families you know you've gone on three kids i've got two kids daniel's kids are are coming and so i think for us having time outside of the office solidifies the importance of our relationship yeah and that that keeps us healthy yeah you got you can't you can't neglect the friendship outside the office um, if you're close friends with someone that you work with you know if you can go to a movie once a month go out to eat go hang out together go golfing together that's things that AJ and I do Daniel and I do and where we don't talk work where we just say man let's just hang out let's just you know <laughs> let's not talk about what we know we need to talk about that's going on at work let's just be friends right now and then you have those working conversations and uh, we have had those moments I remember a mentor in my life said your relationship with your top level guys is like a marriage mm-hmm. it, it will affect the children in your house we have a lot of employees at Victory between full-time and part-time you know more than 400 employees that work at our ministry for the the school k4 through 12th grade uh, the bible college the camp the dream center the church and so that's a lot of children you know that are affected by the relationship between aj and i or daniel and i they know when there's tension we carry that and they know when everything's good a healthy relationship with your core leaders and your friends on staff will result in you know you going home being nice and being healthy and not carrying that chip on your shoulder towards someone. So we found that best thing to do is the second we feel something, we're going to talk about it. We're not going to sweep it under the rug and bottle it up. But when we talk about it, we're going to go not from a standpoint of accusation, but from a standpoint of, you know, understanding. Hey, this came across this way. Help me understand. Maybe I misread it. Maybe I was reading into something. Daniel, talk a little bit about on your journey with this. Uh, navigating that relationship, you know, with AJ, with myself, with others on staff that you're friends with? I think, you know, it, it can be a strength or it can be a negative, and it's what you make it. And I feel, you know, for the three of us in this room and so many more that work here that we're close friends or we've grown up with, it really has become a strength because there's trust that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up since we've been two, three, four years old, um, you know, we know each other. We, we know when something's off. Um, and we can call it out, you know, hey, let's talk over here privately and let's, you know, I can see it on your face. Something's different. Something's wrong and have those moments or knowing walking into a meeting, hey, I, I know this guy's got my back because there's that trust factor. But I think for AJ and I, you know, also something that we've had to make sure we keep first and foremost is 
you know, just our relationship with you as our pastor is so important because um, I remember John Bevere was here speaking at our conference and I was driving him back and forth to his hotel. And because he knew we were close friends, that's one of the things he asked me is, do you make sure that your friendship with Pastor Paul doesn't become something where if there is conflict in the work relationship or in the friendship that you stop receiving from him from the pulpit. Mm. And even though that wasn't something I dealt with, there was just such a strong charge of making sure our hearts are quick to forgive, our hearts are quick to be mended because you play such a vital role, not just as our friends, as our boss, but also as our pastor, our spiritual leader pouring into us. And so, um, you know, just that place of honor that we always remember, this is our pastor first. And there are moments where we're having fun. There's moments where we're hanging out and, and you take the pastor hat off and, hey, we're all we're all peers. But I think there's also a healthy honor in knowing, hey, this is our pastor. And there's a spiritual reverence that comes with that. This is our boss and we need to respect a decision. Yes, we may talk it out. Yes, we may, you know, give our thoughts. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're our boss. And so um, I think to, to some degree that's also been healthy, that there is that trust, there is that strength and friendship, but also understanding that place of honor as well and not being unhealthy, not coming to you, um, you know, hey, do this or something like that, and it's out of disrespect or dishonor. And so I think for us, you know, it, it is staying in that healthy place as well, but then drawing from that strength that there is friendship, that there's trust, that there's years of support. Yeah. You know, and Pastor Daniel said something, too, that's so key is the trust factor. And I think trust goes beyond the word that I tell you to your face, but trust goes beyond the side conversations that may happen afterwards or when others try to rally around a decision that they may disagree with. What are those conversations behind the scenes that Daniel and I might be having together or other employees? And, and I actually thought of something last week. Trust goes to rust when there's no us. That's good. Come Look on. at that. T-U-R-S-T, <laughs> trust, rust, us. The center of trust is us. Mm, Drop the mic. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, and I think we've walked through so many things. There was a couple times where, you know, honestly, yeah, I felt um, disrespected or I read into things that, you know, maybe AJ said or Daniel said or vice versa. They felt disrespected because of a way I was coming across. And that's normal. Like we can't expect uh, just because we're in the ministry, we can't expect like we're all, you know, super Jesus and we never have any humanity. <laughs> we have flesh, which means we get angry sometimes, which means that we misunderstand each other at times. We assume things or we accidentally say something that's disrespectful or do something that's disrespectful. And I think it comes down to humility. I think that's what AJ's saying, what Daniel's saying. What I'm saying is that if, if there's not humility on both ends, you know, on my end, when I miss it as the leader, I got to apologize. If you're the leader of an organization and you're having conflict and tension with uh, someone who's younger than you or older than you or peer level or someone who's, you know, uh, maybe even your boss or whatever, you've got to apologize. When you miss it, you've got to own it. Humble yourself. The Bible says those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Humility. Uh, I think is the key to longevity in ministry is just staying humble and not being stubborn and not, you know, saying, well, you just need to do this or you need to apologize, but humbling yourself. And these guys have done a great job with that. Today, we've heard a lot and it's really good. And I want to have both of these guys back to talk more on 
business and ministry, the Tulsa Dream Center, how we work together as friends in ministry. And I hope this has blessed you. Thank you so much for listening to the Learning to Lead podcast. Stay tuned. We've got some great guests coming on doing interviews for Learning to Lead. God bless you. Share this with friends. Make sure that you hit us up. Send us some messages on how this is ministering to you or questions you have about leadership that we can answer. All right. God bless. Later.